Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the February 23rd edition of The Court Report on the Nakam Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report, brought to you by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn, comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nakam Siegel Network. Every week, we will take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League related, including scores, standings, and interesting topics covering all of your Yeshiva sports needs. If it interests you, it'll be here because this show is all about you. Had a game this week? Let us know. Friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Or email me at Elliot at NahumSiegel.com, because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you once again to our sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. If you've won an MYHSAL championship over the last 10 years, you already know about the great job that Mike and his staff do. So please contact them at Crown Trophy of Brooklyn for all of your trophy and plaque needs. They can be reached at 718-769-4111. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, assistant coach of the Yeshiva Flatbush Falcons. JV and varsity hockey teams, and co-coach of the Yeshiva Hartora Junior High hockey team. But most of all, like you, I am a Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids each and every week with you live from the press box at the NSN Arena in the heart of Brooklyn. All right, so confession time. This week, I'm not actually live. The last 24 hours have been a whirlwind of activity. Uh, it was great seeing many of you last night at the Morrishop 50th anniversary concert. I had an amazing time, and despite the fact that it's been five years since I last worked in Morrishop, I've never wanted to be summertime more than I did last night. After that, I, I got to work on tonight's show, got a little bit of sleep, woke up, went to practice this morning, then went to watch the DRS SAR JV hockey game in DRS this afternoon. Right now, I'm on my way to Frisch for tonight's Frisch after JV hockey game in Frisch. Uh, I've spent the last week running around for your enjoyment, and I'm not about to stop now. 15 of the 17 first-round games were played with the final two being a JV game I'm at now, and the Rambam Kushner JV hockey game tomorrow night. So, for JV basketball, varsity basketball, and varsity hockey, we'll have full recaps for you guys, and preview the next round of action. For JV Hockey, we'll recap the games that have happened and speculate as to what could be over the next week. So, we're going to kick off the show with Varsity Basketball. Last week, we covered the East number 3 seed Flatbush's phenomenal come from behind win over East number 6 Meg and David to propel them into the second round action against West number 2 Heschel. But right now, let's take you through the games that happened this past week. We're going to start out with the rubber game of the TABC Frisch Series that also served as the 4-5 game out West, featuring TABC as the home team after winning a coin flip with the Cougars. Just to remind you, both teams came into this matchup having split their games, with each winning on the other team's court, and a week after dominating the storm in the, winter, in the weather center, 70-59, the Cougars had to be feeling positive about the prospect of heading back in with a trip to the second round on the line. TABC looking to avenge the loss and bringing the momentum their way. Uh, both teams traded baskets early in the first quarter. Justin Hode and Rami Leifer led Fritz's offensive attack and took advantage of a few key TABC turnovers in the second quarter to go on an extended run. Frisch pushed their advantage at the close of the first half and appeared to be repeating their play from last week. The Storm had trouble hitting shots as the clock wound down on the end of the half and entered the break, down by 7 points, 24-17. Scoring woes seemed to dissipate in the locker room, though. As TABC came out hot, the Storm came out with a renewed defensive effort to begin the second half, and once TABC's shots began to fall, the tide of the game changed in the Storm's favor. 
spearheaded by the contributions of senior Yoshua Zerman and Alex Hurt. The Storm went on a 16-4 run that spanned the entire third quarter to take a five-point lead into the fourth. In the final quarter of play, the Cougars found their range again but could not keep the Storm from doing the same as TABC outpaced first 18-17 in the fourth to take the game, the quarterfinal berth, and the season series 51-45. Zerman finished with a double-double, 19 points, 10 rebounds, and also had five blocks and four assists. Hurt dropped 14 of his own, including four from behind the arc two of which came in the third quarter stretch. Justin Hode, the second leading scorer in the league this year, top 20 in the nation, led Frisch with 15 in the losing effort. In the other West first round game, number three seed SAR hosted number six Kushner in the Cobra's first postseason action in eight years. SAR jumped out of the gate early, posting 14 points in the first quarter on baskets by Josh Shenwick, Sammy Marcus, and Jared Frankel to hold a four-point lead after one, despite Kushner attempting to slow down the pace of the game. The Cobras would succeed in their strategy in the second, limiting the sting to only eight points, but were stymied on the offensive end, only managing four of their own. In the third, Kushner's plan finally started paying dividends as the Cobras held the sting to only three in the quarter, but could only capitalize for three more points than SAR on their own. Thanks in part to a trade from Matthew Stadmauer, three of his seven on the night, and Kushner still found themselves down 25-20 entering the final stanza. In the fourth, Kushner continued to milk the clock and finally found its offensive rhythm behind Mordechai Weiss. The senior led the charge as the Cobras found themselves down only two with under a minute to go. But Sammy Hyman came up big for SAR, hitting two clutch free throws, extending the lead to 34-30. Weiss would add another bucket for his game-high 15th point, but SAR would yield no more, taking the two-point victory 34-32. Marcus led SAR with nine on the night. Senior guard Daniel Jonas added seven in the win. In the third first-round game of the week, the fourth and final on the round, YDE ended defending champion DRS's hopes of a repeat, downing the Wildcats 61-54. YDE held a 17-point lead before the Wildcats chipped it down to five, but could not pull off the come-from-behind victory that would have made YDE the second Brooklyn team to give up a double-digit lead in the last week. Toby Cohen and Stephen Beta led the Thunder in the victory. So with DRS out, we are now guaranteed a new champion, and it will be one of these remaining participants in the Elite Eight quarterfinals. The first round went chalk, as they say, with the three seeds and four seeds winning both matchups. So in one bracket, it will be East number 1 North Shore hosting West number 4 TABC with the winner facing the winner of West No. 2 Heschel hosting East No. 3 Flatbush. And in the other bracket, West No. 1 Ramaz hosts East No. 4 YDE, with the winner taking on the winner of East No. 2 Hafter hosting West No. 3 SAR. The Jewish Hoops America top 25 for this week, North Shore still at number 1 nationally, Hafter at number 3 nationally, Ramaz has moved past Heschel into the 4th spot, shoving the heat back to 5, and TABC has moved despite their loss last week, gaining a spot at ninth overall. Frisch moves up to 10, while SAR moves up to 12. Moving over to JV basketball, we made you aware of DRS's dominating performance over Shari Torah and Heschel's come from behind at the buzzer win over JEC last week. This week, the other four first-round contests took center stage. In the first one, Brooklyn number 2 YDE took on Long Island number 3 Hafter on Wednesday night. The two teams finished the season with identical 6-4 and four records, so a tight game was expected, and the first, ra- and the first quarter excuse me, lived up to expectations, with neither team being able to build a substantial lead and the frame ending in a 7-7 tie. In the second, though, YDE started taking command, building small leads and finally pushing it out to 4 at the half. 
leading 18-14. In the third, YDE extended that lead, holding Hafter to another seven-point stanza, jumping out to a 28-21 lead entering the final quarter of play. But the resilient Hawks jumped back into the game, putting in 12 of the next 20 points to bring the game within three at 36-33 with two to go. But from there, the Thunder shut it down, hitting their foul shots and keeping Hafter off the board earning the 42-33 victory. Morris Basul led the Thunder with 13 points. Leon Latia and Jack Saye each chipped in 8. YDE will now move on to face Long Island number 1 DRS, who, as we said, defeated Sharatora last week. In the other East bracket, Long Island number 2 Hank defeated Brooklyn number 3 Orhatora 40-29. Score tied at 20 at the half, but the Long Islanders took control in the third, building a wide margin that Orhatora could never recover from. Yonatan Doragchi led the Canes with 13. Yoni Abraham matched the effort for Orhatora in the loss. Also in that bracket, Flatbush defeated Rambam 35-26. Out West, TABC blew out Ramaz 60-20 in their first round game. Mo Proctor netted 16 points, all in the first half as TABC took a 31-7 lead into the break and cruised from there. So let's take a look at the bracket. Before we do, though, I've taken a fair amount of heat for the uh, mistake that I've made over the past few weeks. I was originally under the impression that the two conferences stay separate until the finals. However, it appears that it may not be the case. According to the league, the semifinals are crossover where the highest ranking East team will host the lowest ranking West team and vice versa. Now I get it. It's to combat the uh, the competitive uh, imbalance between the two, but to me this doesn't really make that much sense, especially in light of what we have this year. In both Flatbush and DRS, we have two 10-0 teams. Theoretically, if both of them win their brackets and TABC and Heschel upset the top seeds in their brackets, we would have a situation where one of the undefeated teams in the East would have to travel to a team out West, despite not only having a much better record, but also having a higher seed. To me, it would have worked out better had it either been kept in conference with DRS and Flatbush if they were to win, potentially looking up at a coin, fl- you know, potentially looking at a coin flip to host between themselves, with the winner moving on to the finals or reshuffling based on final regular season record to produce the semifinal matchups. But if things play out according to form, one undefeated team will be going on the road for a semifinal matchup, despite having won every game put in front of them. I realize that people are going to say that it works out that way in all leagues. You know, where a three seed could potentially have to travel to a two seed in the other division with a worse record. And I acknowledge that could be a valid argument, but bear in mind that in that case, it goes completely to ranking of one team being higher than the other. In the situation I mentioned above, you would have uh, a number one seed traveling to a number two seed. Regardless, here are the remaining brackets for JV basketball. Just like varsity, they're all chalk. The four brackets are Long Island number one DRS will host Brooklyn number two YDE. Brooklyn number one Flatbush will host Long Island number two Hank. New York number one SAR will host New Jersey number two TABC. New Jersey number one Frisch will host New York number two Heschel. Obviously, we're not going to know what the semifinal matchups will be at this point, so we're going to need to wait to next week to sort out the final four setup. Once again, you're listening to The Court Report on the Nakam Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weisberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League Sports. Uh, let's move over to the face-off circle and take a look at the hockey action for the past week, starting with varsity hockey. Uh, the first playoff match to be contested was the East 3-6 game with Flatbush hosting Hank on Tuesday. The Falcons had many reasons to be wary of this game. Hank had been playing very good hockey of late, making a furious comeback to defeat North, oh, sorry, to tie North Shore 
5-5, and pulling off a solid 4-1 victory over Solomon Schechter to jump over Megan David and climb into the playoff position. Flatbush finished their season with a record of 9-5, but ended off their season 55 days before, making it nearly two months since the Falcons played their last game, a 6-0 drubbing at the hands of top-seeded Hafter. Add to that the absence of netminder Steven Esses, who backstopped the team for every minute of the regular season, as well as the rumors that Hank's Elon Tannen might be available, and you can see why Flatbush might be a little on edge. As the game progressed, though, three things became abundantly clear. One, Elon Tannen would not be making an appearance for Hank. Two, Elliot Zakai was more than up to the task in net. And three, two months off did not affect Flatbush in the slightest. From the opening faceoff, the Falcons controlled the ball, spending a majority of their time deep in Hank's zone. Despite being under constant pressure during the opening period, Hurricane netminder Josh Geller held strong. With five minutes remaining, Flatbush junior Ben Volinsky rolled out from behind the baseline and put it low past Geller for the one nothing Flatbush lead. The Falcons would have several opportunities to capitalize on Hank, who could not combat with Flatbush's size, but the period would end with that lone goal on the board. Second period, Hank's Benji Hill took a tripping penalty five minutes in to set up the Falcons' second power play of the evening. 35 seconds in, Flatbush would capitalize when Morris Bijou sent the ball through the middle for Saul Sasson to tip home for a two-goal lead. Hank would finally start getting opportunities uh, with 128 left in the period. Bijou went to the box, putting the cans on the power play. But Flatbush was not phased, and into the third they went up 2-0. The third yielded Hank's first real sustained offense of the night, but Sakai turned aside all challenges, and the Falcons held on for the 2-0 victory. With the win, the Falcons set up a return date with West number 2 seed Frisch, once again in Frisch. In the other East game, the 4-5 game featuring Rambam hosting North Shore, the two met a week before in North Shore, with the Stars winning 6-2. Putting the question out there, could this be the game that quote-unquote breaks chalk? The Stars certainly hope so. A year after walking into Rambam in the same game and getting knocked out of the playoffs in the first round, North Shore looked to return the favor, and the first period saw the Stars put the Ravens on their heels with two goals by juniors Bailey Gresham and Zach Godsey. Rambam attempted to mount offense with a power play late in the first, but could not capitalize, taking a penalty of their own, leading to Godsey's goal in 3-on-3 action. In the second, North Shore padded their lead on a goal by junior Jonas Spielman. Shortly thereafter, the Rambam offense finally woke up thanks to a Yakov Nussbaum backhander to trim the deficit to two. The teams would then trade goals with junior Bradley Lowy regaining North Shore's three-point lead, only to have Nussbaum pop in a Rambam tally. Before the period was over, North Shore would hold the three-goal difference once again on a goal by senior John Silverman in the only score by a North Shore senior on the night. For North Shore, holding a lead into the third was nothing new. However, over the course of the season, holding that lead through the third was a whole other matter. Twice, the Stars held stable leads, only to see them collapse. Uh, North Shore up 7-3 to three late in the third. Mendy Duffler, who had been held quiet all night due to the North Shore's stifling forecheck, sent a laser past Harper, and the play seemed to shift back in Rambam's favor, prompting thoughts of another Hank or Flatbush collapse. But Godsey put an end to the conversation, scoring one final time to give North Shore a four-goal lead and the game. Godsey and Lowy finished with two goals apiece. Sophomore Iggy White's a deadline JV call-up, put one home for the Stars as well. Nussbaum led Rambam with two. For North Shore, it was the school's first hockey playoff win. Their reward, West Champion TABC, this coming Tuesday in the Weather Center. Out West, the one playoff game featured number four Ramaz hosting number five MTA, with the winner getting a date with East number one DRS. 
MTA, in desperation mode for the last month, entered with a full head of steam, while Ramaz, who looked to be a lock for the bye, were jumped over by Kushner in their season-ending win over Frisch. So, Ramaz was the site for the rubber match on a rubber court of a series that featured two games with identical 1-1 results. This being the playoffs, fans were guaranteed that this time there would be a winner. Who that would be seemed to come early, as Ramaz jumped out to a 2-0 lead in the first four minutes. Senior Joe Barouche got Ramaz started, placing a shot into the right side of the net, followed shortly thereafter by a tap-in by junior Cameron Belinsky. The teams would trade power play goals before the period ended, with momentum shifting towards the heights heading into the second. In the middle period, MTA came out firing earning two power plays and controlling the ball for the majority. But Ramaz goalie Dubi Grummet, as he had done earlier uh, in, the, in the season, kept the net on lockdown, taking a 3-1 lead into the third. In the final period, it seemed as if MTA would get their best chance. Already on the penalty kill, Ramaz took yet another penalty to send it to 4-on-2 action. But the Lions could not find the net, and with four minutes left, Andrew Lobel extended the lead to three. MTA would put up one last attempt, pulling the goalie with under a minute, on the power play, but the 5-on-3 move would backfire as Daniel Schub ended the night with an empty netter, closing out the 5-1 victory. So, in the three games between these two teams, spanning 118 minutes, Grummet allowed only three goals and finally got his one victory. The Rams will travel to DRS in the second round. The last time these two teams met was two years ago in the round of eight, with DRS blanking Ramaz 3-0. Baruch, who finished the game with a goal and two assists, is also the sole remaining member of that last meetup and is determined to make sure that a repeat is not in the cards. So the second round for Varsity looks like this. In one bracket, West number 1 TABC hosts East number 5 North Shore, while East number 2 Hafter hosts West number 3 Kushner. And in the other, East number 1 DRS faces Ramaz, the West number 4 team, while West number 2 Frisch gets a rematch with East number 3 Flatbush. Now over to JV Hockey. Uh, half of the quarterfinals have already been played. East number 4 Flatbush traveled to TABC last Monday to take on the West Champion Storm in a President's Day matinee. The game was shown live on TABC TV, and I must thank the crew for the great PR work that they did for this show. If the court report was mentioned any more than it was, I might have to start paying for all the advertising they gave me. And to answer Jack Andrew's question, no, the court report was the furthest thing on my mind at the time, but given how the game went, I might have been better off. From the outset, the reigning five-time title holder showed why trophy number six may be all but wrapped up. A minute and a half in, Daniel Levy gave TBC a one nothing lead and would add another halfway through the period to give the Storm all it would need. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they were done with the scoring, though. Uh, Shua Naor put home a power play marker with three minutes left in the first and rifled home a laser only a minute and change into the second. Leading scorer Yair Noller would find the back of the net before the period was over, pushing the lead out to 5 nothing. In the third, Flatbush was finally able to mount some offense, and their third shot on net of the game found paydirt as Nathan Masseri, playing in his first game of the year for Flatbush, found, di found daylight and put in a breakaway goal. With the lead at 5-1, it looked as if the prediction made on Jewish Hoops America's hockey form this week would stand as a perfect hit. Uh, however, things can never be that simple for me. And with just over a minute left in the game, Justin Goldman gave TABC back the five-goal lead. Right off that faceoff, a mere two seconds later, Judah Wurntile won the draw and walked in untouched, placing a top shelf for the 7-1 final score. In the matinee game this afternoon, DRS and SAR squared off in the greenhouse, and fans seemed to be in for a long one. For 36 minutes, neither team's offense was really able to generate any notable opportunities, getting a handful of solid looks at the goalie, but not many phenomenal scoring chances. Both teams had power play opportunities, but could not capitalize. Uh, to their credit, 
SAR goalie Jonah Amron and DRS goalie Gabriel Miller got the job done, shutting the net down in regulation. In overtime, though, the pace quickened, and both teams' defenses got a bit more involved in the play. For DRS, it turned out it would cost them dearly. Uh, four minutes left in the overtime period, a DRS defenseman pinched down into the offensive zone and got tangled up with an SAR player. The ball squirted free to the midcourt line and right onto the waiting stick of the Stings, Ozzie Fine. Fine brought the ball into the zone and headed down to the baseline, where he sent the ball back to the free-throw line, where former Halb graduate Josh Rosenberg awaited the pass and deposited it in the back of the net for the only score of the game and the upset SAR victory. So one half of the bracket already complete, TABC will host SAR this week. On the other side, the winner of the Hafter Frisch game that I'm heading out to now will take on the winner of tomorrow night's Kushner-Rombaum game. For my predictions on both games, please go to the JewishHoopsAmerica.com hockey forum where you can see the predictions for all games over the past week. I will update the upcoming games day of, so you can see the Frisch Hafter prediction now, and the Rambam Kushner game will be posted tomorrow. Here's the hockey top five. Varsity stays the same. TABC at one, DRS at two, Hafter at three, Frisch at four, and Kushner at five. JV, on the other hand, takes a bit of a reshuffling as SAR and DRS flip spaces. Uh, DRS, last week's number five, is now out, and SAR, as a result of their win today over DRS, takes the number five spot away from them, uh, the two outflip spots. And so the top five, though, looks the same as it did, just with TABC at one, Rambam two, Hafter three, Frisch at four, and SAR at five. You can find the full varsity NJB rankings as well as the junior high rankings on our Facebook page and on the Jewish Hoops America Hockey Forum. Okay, now let's move over to the girls' basketball and take a look at how they're doing in their playoffs. Girls A, just a reminder, the top four teams from each division make the playoffs. The final seeds were set this week when SAR dropped games to both Bruria and Frisch to drop into third place in the West, giving Bruria the second seed and a first-round home game. So the playoffs look like this. West number one, Frisch, will host East number four, Central. And East number two, Hafter, will host uh, West number three, SAR. Both of these games will be Thursday night, and the winners will meet each other. In the other bracket, West number two, Bruria, will face East number three, Flatbush, on Wednesday, with the winner facing Eastern Division champion Ramaz, who knocked off the Hillel Hurricanes 46-30 this past Wednesday. That semifinal game is going to take place in Ramaz. In girls' B action, the championship is already set. The top two teams, Bruria and SKA, will square off in the finals after closing out their opponents this week. Top seeded Bruria defeated Mag and David 47-36, while second seeded SKA demolished number three Ilan 52-28 in their rubber match. It's interesting to note that of the three games these two teams played this year, none of them were close at all. In the first meeting, Ilan won by 22. In the second, SKA took the victory by 16, and here SKA won by the largest margin, 24 points. In JV, an upset in the East as West number 3 Frisch takes out East number 2 Hafter. So Frisch will now take on SAR. The Western Division champion Sting defeated East number 4 Central 34-24. to In the other bracket, Maya Note, who defeated Flopwish this week, awaits the winner of the East number 1 Ramaz and West number 4 Kushner game that was played today. Before we wrap up, I want to remind you of this week's game schedule. In JV Hockey, Frisch and Hafter meet up in about a half hour. Rambam hosts Kushner tomorrow night at 7.30. In Varsity Hockey, TABC will host North Shore on Tuesday night. Frisch will host Flatbush, and Hafter will host Kushner on Thursday night. In Varsity Basketball, TABC will travel to North Shore on Monday night. Flatbush will make the trip out to the city on Wednesday night to face Heschel. Ramaz YDE and Hafter SAR are yet to be scheduled. And in JV basketball, Frisch will host Heschel and DRS will host YDE on Tuesday. 
SAR against TABC on Wednesday. And Flatbush will square off against Hank, but that game is to be determined right now. With those games happening this week, it should set us up nicely to preview some semifinal action next week. Uh, next week, we will also start talking about the annual junior high hockey event, the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Hockey Tournament. For those who do not know what it's about, the event, which will be putting on its ninth tournament this upcoming spring, uh, we'll go more in depth next week into the details of the upcoming event. This coming Thursday night, Friday, will be the eighth year outside of my father, Marty, for whom the tournament is named. To all listeners, if you'll be doing any learning on that day, and I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, will. I ask that you please have Avraham and Nashim and Dover Halevi in mind. Uh, any and all efforts are greatly appreciated. Taking a look at the games, I'm going to give you my picks for the games to watch this week. In JV Hockey, if you can still make me out to Hafter, Frisch, and Frisch tonight, I'd highly recommend it. As I said last week, the Hawks have played extremely well in their last three games and seem to have hit their stride now that they are a full squad once again. Uh, Frisch's depth and talent will serve as a great challenge to the Long Island squad, but the defense may find his hands full with Zach Kramer and Jake Berger. Not to be outdone, Frisch will throw Jordan Sokoloff and the Brins at the Hawks and let the goalies decide the battle. In varsity hockey, I may be just a teensy bit biased, but I think fans will enjoy the Frisch-Flatbush rematch in Frisch on Thursday night. Given how the game the two teams played earlier in the year went, there's quite a bit of unfinished business left on Frisch's end. The Cougars will undoubtedly be starting Alex Kirschenbaum in net this time around, who sat in favor of Josh Eagle in the last battle between the two, following his 5-1 loss to SAR. This time around, Kirschenbaum comes off two games in which he fared no better, giving up six to TABC and four to Kushner. On Flappish's end, though, uh, with Steven S. is back for this game, but not having played in two months, will he be able to put up the stellar performance that he did back in November when he stoned Frisch's offensive attempts for the full 36 minutes and route to the 3-2 victory? Again, this is the playoffs and you throw all that out, but it sure does make for great setups. Also, although it is the same night, if you can make it out to the Kushner-Hafter game in Hafter, it features two teams going in opposite directions, but still at the top of their game. Uh, Hafter, after losing to DRS, had to settle for the number two seed in the East. Kushner, after defeating Frisch, found themselves earning a bye in the number three seed. This was the only game that the matchup was determined at the end of the season, not having another playoff game to go, with the West having no sixth seed. In varsity basketball, the game to watch is Flatbush Heschel. Heschel, as the number two seed in the West, has made a compelling case for being the underrated team of the season and are looking to reach the semifinals for the first time in quite a few years. Uh, Kevin Gindy and Kenny Storch have led this team throughout the year, but it remains to be seen whether the playoffs and the enormity of it all can be overcome without the injured Aaron Brandeis. Number three in the East, Flatbush, has made a habit of late-game heroics as of late, uh, but showed that they are deadly from the on-the-arc when Dion and Haddad catch fire. Uh, both teams will find their three-range, and so the potential for a high-scoring affair makes it an interesting watch. In JV basketball, I'm going to go with SARTABC. After TABC's performance against Frisch two weeks ago and their utter destroying of Ramaz this past week, the Storm are on a roll and can catch SAR, who have had a few weeks off since their last game, a uh, 69-61 loss to Frisch. Uh, can the domination of Frisch by TABC mean that Mo Proctor, Gavi Smith, and Shuna, or the team leaders in scoring and rebounding, are ready to take on Rocky Kubarski, Sam Reich, and Remy Newhouse? Wednesday's game should be a phenomenal show. Also, just to update you on junior high hockey as it stands now, in Hamish, the Hamish League, the Jersey League, they are down to their semifinals. Uh, YNJ will travel to SAR this week, and Noam and Mariah will square off when that game is scheduled. Over in New York, the top six teams for the tournament are set. 
in the East, it will be Halb taking on Westchester in Westchester. That game will be scheduled in the next few weeks. And the winner of that will take on Hank in Hank over in the West. Flappish and Mag and David will renew their Brooklyn rivalry when the two of them face off, with the winner getting Hartora the game after. If you missed any part of this episode, you can catch the Encore presentation this Tuesday night at 7 p.m. following the Book of Life by Charles Harari. Or you can find the Court Report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app on iPod. Tomorrow morning, jam in the a.m. with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream nachumsiegel.com, jaminthe.am.org, or on your radio 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM Rockland County. Before I leave it tonight, I want to thank you for joining me. My thanks again to Crown Trophy of Brooklyn for their support. Uh, they can be reached at 718-769-4111. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning, although in the past weeks you've heard me on Wednesday mornings to get more playoff coverage in, on Jam in the AM at around 720 with the Tuesday morning Jam in the AM sports update. This Tuesday, though, I will be live in studio helping Nachum and WFMU with their annual fundraising marathon. Once again, if you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up. I'm leaving you off with this week's words from the wise. Today I do what others will not, so that tomorrow I can do what others cannot. See you next week right here on the Court Report, only on the Nachum Siegel Network.